Welcome to the Profitable Nutritionist Podcast, where your host and fellow nutritional therapy practitioner, Andrea Nordling, teaches you how to grow a sustainable, impactful, and consistently profitable health and wellness practice by following her proven formula. Welcome back to the Profitable Nutritionist Podcast, my friend. Today, I am not here solo. I get to introduce you to someone who has become not only a friend, but a really trusted resource for my students in the Profitable Nutritionist program. Her name is Jill Dunsmore, and she is our lead support coach inside the program. So I knew I wanted to have Jill on the podcast. It's actually very, very long overdue, which we talk about in this interview. But I reached out to her and I said, hey, let's do something where we talk about things that you coach on in the program a lot. I want to know what you're seeing and see if it matches up with what I'm seeing. We, of course, have meetings on this as well. So I knew we were on the same page, but she did not disappoint. She put together in this episode the six mindset mistakes that she commonly sees health and wellness business owners making and then how to avoid them. You may be asking yourself, how does she know (laughs) what these mistakes are? Well, like I said, she coaches regularly inside the TPN program. She does not only live coaching calls and she is a whiz, which you are about to find out in the episode as you listen to her mindset coaching techniques. She is amazing for life coaching, but she also does written coaching in the program along with me and a few others. So she gets lots of immersion in the coaching. She coaches her own clients as well. She's very proficient in all things mindset coaching, mindset blocks, what keeps people from doing the things that they told themselves they're going to do. And not only is that her full-time gig, but she also is a health coach in her own right. So she has a weight loss coaching program where she coaches women to kick their sugar addiction and actually detox from sugar which is fascinating. So she knows this on the coaching side of things, what keeps people stuck. And she has very, very (laughs) real-time experience in her own business of how these things come up for her as well, which she shares. It's so fantastic. So in the episode, it's kind of three parts. We talk about Jill's business journey into coaching, how she came to be a weight loss and sugar detox coach in the first place. And that was kind of a bumpy ride for her amidst a really messy divorce, which she talks about. Then we talked about kind of the weeds of how I found Jill, what our hiring process looked like to bring her on as a support coach in my business and what that looks like and how we train someone to do that and what we have both learned from that process, which is, I think, a really great conversation for all business owners to hear. And then, of course, Jill talks about the six mistakes that she commonly sees health and wellness business owners making and how to avoid them in terms of their mindset. Such a great episode. You are going to get so much from this. I anticipate that when you listen to it, you are going to want more Jill. Of course, you're going to want more Jill. (laughs) She's so good. She's so good. So here's how you get more Jill. You enroll in the Profitable Nutritionist Program February 29th to March 6th when the doors are open. So if you're listening to this in real time, that is this week. And then you get Jill all the time. You get written coaching from Jill. You get live coaching from Jill. You get all of the Jill wisdom. She has recorded some courses in the program. All of her wisdom is inside the Profitable Nutritionist Program. So you're going to want to get more Jill in the program where you get a lot of it. Also, if you are listening to this in the future and the enrollment has already closed, you can go to theprofitablenutritionist.com slash join where you can get on the wait list and you'll also see the upcoming enrollment dates because we always keep those posted and updated with when the next enrollment will be. We open the doors to the program four times a year. So this is one of those times, my friend, February 29th to March 6th. And again, you join bright and shiny on the 29th <laughs> at theprofitablenutritionist.com slash join. And then you get more of me, you get more of Jill, you get more of all of the resources we talk about on this episode. And you'll be able to join actually Jill for the new member welcome call, which is an orientation of how to use all of the resources in the program, how to get coached, how to do all of the things. And then that is going to be next week. So if you're listening to this in real time, that's early March. Again, if you're listening in the future and you're like, what are you even talking about? You just go to the profitablenutritionist.com slash join and you will get all of the details about the program. All right. Take it away, Jill. Jill Dunsmore is on the podcast. Welcome. I am so, 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 well, this is so long overdue. I was going to say, I'm so excited to talk to you. And that is true, of course, but this is so long overdue for you to be on the podcast. And so we're making time to do it. I'm so glad. Welcome. 
Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you in this way and get to talk to all of your people about all the things. It's going to be so fun. It is going to be so fun. So we are going to talk about the six mistakes that Jill sees health and wellness business owners making in her coaching, which she coaches all the time on in the Profitable Nutritionist Program. She also, as you know, because I will have already introduced you, Jill, by the time they get to this part, they will know that you have your own health and wellness coaching practice. So you also have on-site experience with all of this. We're going to talk about all of these six things. But before we do, I want to talk about how you got into coaching in the first place. Let's get your evolution of how you got here. And then I kind of wanted to take a couple minutes and talk about the process of how you got hired as the support coach in the Profitable Nutritionist Program. I think that people are going to be very curious about what that entire process was like and how how we've done it, the good, the bad, the ugly. So I have some... <laughs> a whole lot of ugly, I don't think. So <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I think it's been pretty great. So we're going to talk about all of it. Here. How did you get here? Yeah. How did I get to coaching? Okay. So I actually have always loved self-development just forever. Like I've always been drawn to that. Love my books and anything I could learn on that. But I went through a divorce, a really, really hard divorce about 15 years ago. And I... And and all divorces are hard, like, of course, all divorces, but this was a really hard divorce and it lasted about two years. And it was just, there was just so much um, trauma involved and trauma for my kids. I had four kids and I ended up being a single mama for years and we lost our business because of through that divorce and through everything that happened. And I needed a way to support my kiddos. And I also, at the same time I was going through the divorce, one of my sons was diagnosed with autism. And so I was dealing with that. And all of my four kids were just really, really struggling in their own ways because of the the trauma that they were going through and all the things that had been unfolding. And so I started going to therapy, which was amazing. And that was exactly what I needed. And I went to therapy for a couple of years. And through that process, I was constantly looking for, and I I feel like I was, I was guided and, and led to things that I needed also to help me through that. But books and podcasts weren't a thing yet then, but books, mostly books and then people and things that would just give me what I needed. And it was all in self-growth and like learning how to see myself differently. I had really low self-esteem by that time and and very low self-confidence. And so I really, really worked on that. And my therapist told me one time, she's like, you're the most active client I've ever had in like their own self-help journey, like in healing and all the things you're doing. Like every week I would come and tell her all the things I'd done and learned in between and everything. And so she was absolutely amazing. And I, and I thought, I really want to do this. I want to be able to, I knew I needed to have something to do to support my family. And I thought I want to be able to become a therapist. And I just had such a deep desire to help other women. And I didn't know what that would look like. And I didn't know how it would happen. I just knew that when God helped me through this, that I was going to pay it forward someday. It's like, I'm, I know that someday, like I, when I'm in a stronger, better place, like I want to help other women get through their hard things or whatever their struggle is. So I wanted to do that, but I hadn't been to college at all. Like I'd been one semester, you know, it's like I had not been to college. So I'd have to start from the beginning. I lived in a small town where, and at that time they didn't have online things. It was just different. And so I didn't have like access to that starting all over education. And I didn't really see how I could do it where I was single mom with all, with these kids. And I just didn't know how I would make that work. And so I became a photographer and I know I woke up one day, I'd been, I, I seriously have been praying, like, what should I do? Like, what should I do that I can do with my kids and work around them? And that answer just came to me. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, we're going to do it. So I bought photography for dummies, <laughs> digital photography for dummies, the book, no online classes back then started reading it. I bought this camera, this little entry, entry camera and started like figuring out how to take pictures. And I just started learning photography and teaching myself photography. So that is what I did to be able to support my family while I could still take care of them and do it around them. Right. So fast forward, I ended up years forward, I was remarried and I went to a photography workshop retreat type thing. And the coach there said, Hey, there's this awesome podcast I listened to with this life coach. She is so great. And I love, and she started just telling us things. Well, I, I'm just immediately drawn to that because I love things like that. And so uh, I said, what's a podcast? 
right? Like, what is that? So she showed me, <laughs> like, even put that on my phone. I'm like, never heard of that. And so I started listening. And within two months of just listening to her, like every single thing, Which it was, podcast was this? it's Brooke Castillo. With her okay. coach school. You and I were both certified through her, yep. right? Yeah, of course. So uh, just listening to like each time I listened to something, I'm like, wow, it just resonated so deeply. And I, and it clicked with me. And I, in a couple of months, I, I had this thought, you should do this. Kind of like the photography thing. I'm like, no, have you seen my life? It's a mess. Like, there's no way I can coach people on their life, be a life coach. Like, what are you talking about? Right. And, um, but it never went away. And so like, fast forward, like another year, I was like, okay, if this doesn't go away, but I gave myself a timeline. If I, I'm going to actually open up to the possibility, I could do this. And if I, I, if this doesn't go away, I was still doing photography, then I'm, I'm going, I'm going to do it. So it didn't go away. And the more I learned, the more I loved it. And I just started slowly building this belief in myself that maybe I actually, instead of the hard things I'd been through in my life with my, my marriage, my kids, like drug abuse, like so many things that were so difficult that I helped my family through that actually, instead of that being like a reason I shouldn't, maybe that's the reason I should. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I have this empathy and this compassion and this understanding of so many hard things and I have something to give. This is my way to help the women that I so desire to help, right? Like I just felt like this opened up to me. It's like, Hey, here's your next evolution. This is the way it's not being a therapist. It's going to go this way. And it was actually something I could do because at this time you could go online and learn, right? I'm like, okay, I could do it. And so I, when I, in 2020, when I turned 50, I decided, okay, this is the year I'm going to do it. Cause I, and so I signed up for certification thinking, that I would have all this time while my kids were in school. And then the month that certification, I signed up in January and it started in March, like a week after the pandemic started. We got certified the exact same time. That was so funny. 2020? Are you serious? I love that. Oh, I feel more bonded to you even now. Okay, that's perfect. So anyway, I did that that year. So same with you, with your the kiddos, everything. I was like, like, oh, I'll do this while they're at school. That's like, why not? Let's just let's just do it. So I got certified, and then it's just been an evolution ever since. And uh, about a year and a half ago, I was busy enough in my coaching. I was able to retire my photography with love, let that go. It was so good for me while I needed it. But what I loved about coaching is that also gave me more flexibility because I was a natural light photographer and lifestyle. So we went up in the mountains, we were outside. So in the evenings, I was always gone and on weekends. And I just wanted something where I could be home and do it during the day like we are right now. And if it's raining and windy outside, it doesn't matter. I can still coach people. So yeah, so that's kind of what led me into coaching. And then my own niche that I decided to, that I, I use, I, I do general coaching. And I feel like my specialty is mindset coaching. Hundred percent, and I can mindset coach people on anything, and I did that for a long time. But what I felt drawn to is so within all that I was telling you about, like one thing I carried with me, like I overcame so many hard things in my life. But one thing that always stuck with me was I had a sugar and carb addiction. Now I didn't know it was an addiction; I didn't call it that, but I was just felt compelled to eat these foods, and I was drawn to them, and I was an, and I emotionally ate, and I I really wanted to be healthy and fit and take care of myself. That was super important to me. But I always sabotaged myself because I felt like I couldn't control my cravings. And I had these these crazy cravings that controlled me. And I and it really over it was 30 years, over 30 years I had this. It started when I was a teenager. And people wouldn't know. Like when they look at me on the outside because I wasn't like super overweight or anything, they wouldn't know that I struggled with this. I controlled my weight in other ways, but like I just it was, it was tearing up at my health. My digestive system was just a mess. I had so many health problems. I ended up in the emergency room when I was about 40 and it started my 10 year journey of figuring out how to change my health. And I just started learning about, oh my gosh, like what you put in your mouth actually affects the way you feel. Who knew? I mean, that sounds so silly, but I didn't make that connection. Like I didn't understand like, like all these problems, these health problems I was having was coming from like eating that way. And, um, and I wasn't, you know, I just, I was more like a sugar binger. Like I didn't binge on all foods. You know, I, I, it wasn't that, but I, when it came to certain foods, like they just, they just took over and I would just eat until I felt sick physically and emotionally and sick of myself. And I had so much shame and I hid it and I was so embarrassed and I was so 
just so disconnected from my body and what she needed, what she was telling me. And so I went on this health journey and to figure this out. And I started learning about the power of whole foods and the power of what I put in my body and how I feel. And, but I still didn't get the final pieces until I found coaching, like that mindset piece. I was like, okay, like I was learning what to do all the strategies, but like, I still would feel overwhelmed. And when I had these emotions, I'm like, I, I just, I have to make it go away. So eating works anyway. So that's what I did. And I just felt like when I figured that out, that was my hardest thing that I always carried with me. And when I figured that piece out, I'm like, I just feel like I can do anything. I can use these mindset tools to change my life in any way I want, because if I can do it here, I can, I can do it with anything. So that's what I do now. I help women who, who struggle with feeling controlled by cravings and food, and they really want to take care of themselves, but they're constantly sabotaging themselves. I help them set themselves free of that. And I help them create a healthy relationship with food and a loving relationship with their body and a powerful relationship with themselves. And they, they are able to finally live in a life and body that they love. So that is what I do. And you do it so, so, so well. Okay. So Jill says it's like her humble way. She's like, I'm good at mindset coaching. Jill is the best. (laughs) She's so good. She's so good. And I, okay. So I, I was going to just segue into how we got connected. So I was looking for a support coach for the TPN program. We're getting to the point, this is about a year ago where I knew, okay, I can't be doing all of the coaching. We had a lot of guest coaches coming in, but no one that was dedicated, like in there doing written coaching. It was just me doing written coaching at that point still. And then leading our live coaching calls. So it was time. And I knew it was time. It had been time for a while to bring somebody in, but I was like, how do I do this? It's so hard. And so as we do in our businesses, and I'm no different, we put things off longer than we should. (laughs) This is a great example of it. (laughs) I talk about this example a lot when I'm coaching in the mastermind, because my students in the mastermind are at a similar place where they need to bring in someone to help fulfill their offer to their clients. They need another practitioner to come in and be reviewing labs, or they need somebody to be meeting with their clients and coaching them, or they need somebody to be offering support in their community if they have a group program. And so this will come up in your business at some point if it isn't already. So we need to talk about it. I had resistance to hiring, not because I didn't think that someone else could do a great job, quite the opposite. I know that is a stopping point for a lot of people. They think I don't, I can't trust my clients to someone else. That was truly not my thought. And we could coach on that too, on a separate podcast. We've probably <laughs> my, my stuff, my, my reason for dragging my feet on this was, oh my gosh, it's going to take me so long to get somebody up to speed. It's going to take me so long. I didn't want to slow down to eventually be able to speed up and to be able to bring somebody on. So that was what would truly just was like, what made me take longer than I wanted to. And I know a lot of people also resonate with that. So I was loudly complaining about this to some coach friends that I knew. I said, I have to bring on some coaches or at least like one, like what, if I had one really good support coach right now, that would be so great. And a mutual friend of ours said, Oh, Jill Dunsmore done. Like I, you just need to talk to me. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? She's like, I know it was, it was lucky me because I didn't really have to push myself on you or prove myself. You're, you're just like, Hey, she's, she believes in you. I believe in you. It's good enough for me. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so her opinion, I fully trusted. And I said, are you serious? She's like, yeah, I'm going to find out if, if she would be interested. I'll hook you guys up if she is. So we ended up doing some exploratory calls around what this could look like. And it was, um, I don't know. The the rest is history. This is a little, little less than a year ago at this point. But I wanted to talk about that because I had resistance to hiring and I know a lot of people have resistance to hiring. So something that helped me, and I took a couple notes here in preparation of saying this part of it, because I want to just be very clear. If you have resistance to bringing on help in your business, because you are nervous about slowing down, (laughs) like I was, it has to happen. The longer you wait, the harder it gets. So just pull off the bandaid and do it. And then secondary to that, I think it's really helpful to realize that you are training someone on your process and you are not training somebody to be you Mm. because you and I coach differently. We have different life experiences. We have different tools that we use. We have different frameworks. And the goal really in bringing someone to help you in your business is for your clients to get better results. So I default to, oh my gosh, it's so much better 
for Jill to be coaching in the program because they get access to so many like different, better things that I can't provide because my brain doesn't work that way, or I don't use those tools, or I don't have those experiences. And it's so much better. And it's such a richer experience for your clients to bring in someone else with yeah. a different skill set and different forte. So to everyone at that point in your business where you're thinking, I could really use the help, but how do I teach someone to be me? You don't want to teach someone to be you. <laughs> That's actually not what you want. You want to lean on your process. And I think you helped me to see this. You probably would never realize how much you helped me with this in the background. But in the beginning, Jill came on. And for the first month, I was traveling. I was hosting a mastermind in Mexico. And so we made this really long onboarding process intentionally because of our travel schedules. And mm -hmm. we decided the very first month that Jill came in, all she was going to do was immerse herself in the process I teach in the program, in the program. And she was just going to learn like my philosophies and how I teach and, and come back with questions, which really took the pressure off me. Because I, it, I realized, oh my gosh, yeah, she just has to learn the process. Like, I this, this isn't actually that hard. She just needs to learn the process. And then you came as you do fully prepared with lots of questions on how can I better support your clients? What do you mean by this? Would it be okay if I said it this way? How have you ever thought of doing things this way? And we started having really, really useful conversations about how to get people better results from mm -hmm. using both of our strengths, which was really useful. But I wanted to just say this for anybody who would listen to this and go, how do you even do that? How do you even have somebody come in and help support your clients? Remember that you are teaching your process and they're going to come in and use your process with their own spin on it. They're not, you're not trying to clone yourself, but it really does. And when I coach in the mastermind, we talk about this. It really does make you shore up your processes and get clear on why you do the things that you do. So there are some things that matter. And there are some things that Jill knows this, that in the beginning we talked about it like, Oh, this is really important to me that we do things this way. But there are other things where I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> do whatever, do yeah. whatever you think is going to get them the best results. So I wanted to just say that, like, I, I truly feel like like having you in the program is such a value add. I never have any drama thinking that people are disappointed that they're not getting coached by me. If it's a coaching call that you are leading, I think it's like such a, I, th I think it's so much better. And I think in a lot of ways, you're such a better coach than I am. So <laughs> all of these thoughts, I don't know about that one, but a better experience <laughs> for everyone. So, okay. Before we do, well, and I'll just, I will just say what I have learned in that is like, is that you and I could take the same coaching question mm -hmm. and or, or, or call and we would take it in different directions. Totally. We might take it in the same direction. Who knows? But like we might take it in very different directions and they're both right. Yeah. Right. Like there is no like one way, like, well, if Andrew was going to take it in this direction, I should have taken it in that direction and I didn't. So, you know what I mean? It's like, I've let go of that too. Like just trusting myself, that like whatever direction this goes, I do like definitely like want to understand your process, your thinking, like what would Andrea do? Like how would Andrea, like what would she do? But then I'm, I have that liberty and freedom to take it where I feel they need to go. And it's all right. It all works for the client. Yeah, absolutely. They're getting great results. That's really what we care about. So it's so fun. And just for anybody that's curious about this process, we will be bringing on more coaches and Joe will be helping to train them and to, I don't know, kind of like I guess train is the word. I just like explain this is how we do it. Like and what ideas do you have and what can you contribute? And the coaching gets better and better and better. The more people's eyeballs are on it and the more ideas are coming forth. So I'm really excited about what's yes. in so store. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So from so just from a behind the scenes, you know, kind of like little look behind the curtain, I think that the more the merrier as far. And there's there's constraints around that too. And there, you know, there certainly could be ways that people could get into trouble by abdicating decision-making in their business to someone else. But I think like understanding that having someone else here contributing their experiences and their expertise is only going to be better for your clients. That's what I want to. Well, and I think it's also important to let them know that. So you and I did a trial period too. Yeah. Like we started out knowing this is a trial period for both of us. Right. And then after the so many, you know, a time frame, we decided we'd revisit and see, is this working for you? Is it working for me? Like, what are we, yeah. you know, because you don't have, you do need to find someone that feels like a good fit that you feel like you can trust with your clients. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's such a good point. Such a good point. Okay. So let's get into the six mistakes that okay, let's do it. Wellness <laughs> business owners making because you are coaching them all the time. Yes. And you are one yourself. I'm excited to hear these. 
And I don't know. I don't know this full review. She has no idea what I'm going to say. Genius. Okay. All right. So the first mistake that I see is people thinking I have to figure this out and then I'll take action. Yeah. I have to figure this out first. Right. Yeah. So I need to learn more. I need to understand more. I need to know more. I need to watch more classes, right? <laughs> Modules before I take action. And it becomes buffering with learning. So for those of, of you listening that might not know what the term buffering is, but it's when we actually like avoid doing like taking action or something that feels uncomfortable, like actually doing the do because it, it that's uncomfortable. And so we do something that feels productive instead, right? It's something that keeps us from doing that. And so we can buffer with learning. Now learning is great and it's important and it's needed and it's necessary. Your program is amazing. Like the things that they're going to learn in there is, I mean, of course they need to learn that you're teaching them mindset and strategy and all the things they need. So that is important, but where it becomes a problem is when you're doing more of that than you are of taking action and implementing the things that you are actually learning. Right. Probably. And so the reason we do it, the reason our brains do this is because learning feels easier and we love to learn, right? Coaches, like all of us in this, we love to learn new things. So it feels easier and our, our brain doesn't want to do new things. Learning feels safer. Our brain doesn't want to go into the unknown. Like it's, it's very safe for me to sit here with Andrea and listen to her and learn from her. But if I actually have to go out of this safe little cave and I have to like go into the world and like put myself out there, I don't know what's going to happen. That's really uncertain. Our brain doesn't like that. So it's like, we should just learn more. And it gives you these thoughts and you think that they're coming from you. And that's a really good idea because it just feels good. Like, yes, if I learn this, if I understand it more, if I take, take one more class or whatever, then I'm going to be ready to go out and, and do a business, right? Then I'll be ready. But same, it does feel safe. Like staying where you are is safe, but actually the only way you're actually going to grow and truly learn is by doing. So you can learn intellectually, but until you actually start taking action and doing the things you're learning, that's where you really learn it. Yeah. Is implementing. Absolutely. And I say, okay, I'm going to interject with just a visual. I think that this is like riding a bike. Like you could watch videos on riding a bike and you could listen to podcasts about riding a bike and you could read books about riding a bike, but you were not going to learn how to ride a bike until you get on the bike. You get on the bike. Pedaling and you, you down wobble down. and you, <laughs> yeah. And then that's how you learn how to ride a bike. You get back on and you try it. Yeah. 100%. It is. And that's the same way in your business. Like it's like riding a bike and you are going to be bad at it. It's you like that, that whole thing. It's like, well, if I study this even more, or I figure this out more, if I ask enough questions, I get enough coaching, like then I'm going to be all, I won't fall down. I can go out and then that's going to protect me from falling down. But the truth is, no, you're going to fall down. You're going to be bad at it. You're going to be wobbly. It's going to be wonky because that is how human beings learn. Like nobody starts out unless you're like a prodigy from, you know, heaven or something like nobody starts out learning anything and is good at it ever. You fall down over and over and over and that, but by, by doing it again and again and getting up again and going again, that's how you become good at it. So you can't become good at building this business and marketing your business and getting clients until you actually go out and market your business and get clients. That's just the only way. And it's going to be way harder to help clients that aren't perfect either. If you feel like you're supposed to be perfect. (laughs) If it's not okay in your brain to screw up sometimes and for it to be wobbly and imperfect, then your your clients will pick up on that and they're they're going to hide from you and they're not going to want to admit when they do something that they shouldn't have done or feel yeah, like they mess up. Yeah, yeah. When, they, when they fall down and your clients will, like they're going to be bad at whatever you're teaching them. They're going to be bad at it too, a lot until they become good at it, right? So, so good. So we just thinking like, I'll be ready when I learn this or figure this out, then I'll be ready. Like that, that never comes. Like you're never actually going to feel ready. You, you're not, you're just not going to feel ready. So the solution to that is to balance your time learning and consuming with taking imperfect action. That is a concept that you teach is taking imperfect action, right? It's okay that it's not perfect. It's okay if you're, if you stumble through it, but you're, but you're taking action. So we balance the time. So how many hours am I going to spend learning 
this week and figuring this thing out. Okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to spend at least equal amount of time doing like taking what I learned and I'm going to go out and I'm going to apply it and I'm going to implement it. Okay. So there's one. And then like we talked about, figuring it out actually comes from doing and failing and making mistakes and then evaluating like, okay, I made this mistake, like, or this didn't work, or I, this what didn't turn out the way I wanted. So let me evaluate. And that's a process that you teach within the program, but let me evaluate and figure out what I meant to learn here. Like what, what did go wrong and why, and what do I want to do differently? And then you take what you learned and then you try again, you implement yep. again, right? That's how you actually, that's how you actually figure it out in real life. Figuring out part of it can come from learning, but like, I would, I don't know. What do you think? 20%? Yeah, maybe, but the rest of it comes from doing. I even think the learning that is the most important at that stage, what at any stage is hearing from other people, how they've also done it imperfectly and learning that. Mm, Yes. You know? Yeah. Because it's one thing to do it alone at home and thinking, is this what, is this what imperfect feels like? Am I doing it right? Is it, oh, is it supposed to feel like this? That sure is one way, but there's also a way where you do that. And then you listen to other people who are successful and are like, yeah, this is what I did in the beginning. And this is how it felt. <laughs> and I didn't think anything was working, but it was. And like, here's where I've gone after that. And having that experience too, to kind of normalize all of the feels because being a business owner will just reveal all of your insecurities real fast. <laughs> Yes. And just being surrounded by other people in your program that are also feeling those same insecurities is amazing. And then people who are in it, like, like they just, they've, their journey is in a different place than yours. And they'd be like, Oh yes, that happened to me too. But let me tell you like what, you know, let me show you what comes from that. Yeah. Yes. Like to give you that encouragement and support. So that's, what's so beautiful about being in that community and being surrounded by other people who have that same dream and goal that you do. Right. And then the other thing that can help with that is, and I, I give this to, to the students a lot, but the thought, I have everything I need to start now. I have everything I need to start, right? Now, I don't have to be where Andrea is and know what she knows. I don't have to be where that person is. Like, I just, I have everything I need to start just to start, right? And it will evolve and grow from there. But I have everything I need to start helping people and to start building my business and to take the next step in my business, wherever you are, because even if you're making six figures and then there's the, uh, there's always going to be that next step where your brain's going to try to hold you back. Well, it's all, let's figure all this out before we do that. Right. That's scary. We haven't done that yet. And just knowing like, I have everything I need to start. That's so good. Right. So good. Yeah. Okay. So that's number one thinking I have to figure this out and then take action. Okay. So number two is, I need to feel confident to market or like take any, any emotion that would fit into there. Like I need to feel good or I need to feel better before I go out and market today. Right. So thinking like I can't market in this energy, I'm just feeling wonky. I'm feeling, I just feel all this doubt or unsure. And I, I just, you know, I I feel funky. So I can't market in that energy. I need to get rid of this. I need to get rid of doubt. I need to get rid of fear and then I can go market. Right. And so again, the reason that we do this is our brain is, is wanting to protect us from feeling that emotion. So whatever emotion like that comes up for you when you think of doing that thing, like sitting down and writing the email or, or going to that event or calling that doctor's office to, to tell them what you do and talk about being a referral partner or whatever. It's like whatever thing to put yourself out there and tell people what you do and how you can help them that you don't want to do. Like what feeling comes up for you when you think of doing that? right? Is it dread? Is it fear? Is it doubt? Like, is it vulnerable? Like whatever that is for you, like thinking, okay, well, I need to get rid of that before I do it. And the truth is you don't like nothing has gone wrong when you feel that emotion. That is so normal. That's just your primitive brain wanting to protect you from feeling uncomfortable, which is it. That's its job. Right. And so it'll offer you those thoughts and tell you like, well, we can't market until we feel better. And that's actually not true because it, the, what that creates is you not marketing and then you don't feel better because now we have all these other results that we don't, we don't want. We don't have clients. We haven't talked to anybody. We're not any further ahead. Now we have all these other thoughts about ourselves. Like it just compounds. So it keeps us stuck from helping people and it, we just stay in that lack of confidence. We just stay there, right? So the solution is to be willing to feel whatever that 
emotion is that you feel what you or you think you're going to feel when you take the action and you just take that action anyway. Right. So that's what what our mutual friend Olivia calls gag and go. Right. Olivia Vizacro. She she has coined that. But but gag and go. It's like, OK, I'm going to feel this feeling. I'm going to allow it to be with me and I'm going to take imperfect action anyway. Right. Because that's how we show our brain like, oh, I actually can feel embarrassed or vulnerable or afraid or exposed or any emo- whatever emotion uh, maybe confused like oh, I don't know what to write on that it's gonna be so hard like whatever emotion we can feel that and we can still take action anyway and we're gonna be okay we're still safe we'll be all right we'll be okay on the other side of that and what I tell my clients is what if you were gonna take willing and put it in your your feeling line like we use the model so if you take do your clients know the model or on the podcast, the model? No. 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 Okay. I mean, some of them do, but we don't talk okay, about so it. So basically it's like if I, so thoughts create your feelings. So if I, and your feelings drive your actions, but if I'm willing to feel this emotion, right? What do I need to think to be willing to feel it? So my emotion is willing, right? I'm just willing to allow it to be with me and still take that action. What do I need to think? And so some of the thoughts that, that I offer is I'm willing to feel blank, whatever this is, I'm willing to feel vulnerable. I'm willing to feel embarrassed, right. To help the person who needs to hear this today. Oh, that's so good. Right. It's not about me. Cause when we're in fear, we're, it's about us. Like 100%, we're thinking about us, us, me, 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 and like how I'll look and how I'll feel and what people think of me. We're making it about about ourselves. But when you turn outward and you think about the people that you're meant to help, the person, the one person that's meant to hear what you have to share today, just think about them. Like when you think about them and that they're suffering and they don't know this, that you can help them somehow and just lift them a little bit today. Like then it shifts all of that worry, like from yourself, it just puts it into like why you're doing this in the first place. It helps you remember that and tap into that. And I'm willing to feel uncomfortable to reach that person today. Oh, that's so good. I'm willing to feel uncomfortable to reach that person today. You guys, how good is Jill's coaching? Oh my God. (laughs) My friend. Have we connected on LinkedIn? In my opinion, LinkedIn is the platform for professional networking and getting client referrals, hands down. If you're already spending time getting the word out about your business over there, I would love to connect with you. Just search Andrea Nordling and then connect and I'll confirm so we can share our networks. That is a good one. That is a good one. And I use it myself. Like I am not a robot. I am a human. I have all these same things. So it's easy for me to coach people on this because I go through it too. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Me too. Okay. So number three, uncertainty that I can help someone. So having doubt in themselves, right? So especially when you're building, like when you're first starting out and building a business and you don't have a lot of evidence behind you yet that you can help people, you have this desire to help people and you know what you did helped you. And maybe you've helped some family members or friends, like you've got enough, something, enough evidence there. Like you have this desire to help other people, but you don't really feel super confident that you can, right? And, and and they they have these fears like, well, I did help this person, but what if someone comes to me and I can't help them, right? Then what, right? And that fear like holds them back, like just not trusting themselves that they can. And so what we do when we're thinking that is we hide, right? We hide and don't market because we're thinking, I'm not sure if I can help them. So of course I don't want to go help them because that would be terrible if I couldn't. Or we market, but half-heartedly. Like yeah. we're doing the marketing, but we're but when you're carrying those thoughts, like- think about it. If you're on a consultation with someone or a discovery call with someone who's thinking, considering hiring you, you're not saying this, but if you're thinking, I don't know if I can help you. Like I don't, I just, I don't know if I can, if you don't believe that you can help them, they are going to fill that. Absolutely. If you don't say it, they will sense that energy and they're not going to have belief in you either. Right. And so there is, there is a caveat. I mean, there's some client, we do have do those discovery calls to decide if somebody is a good fit. Right. And if you really don't feel like, oh, this is like out of my expertise, out of my wheelhouse, like, let me refer you to somebody else. That's different. I am talking about, no, they come to you and this is what you do, right? This is what you do, but you just, whatever, because of your thoughts, you're just having all this doubt. If you can help them, well, they're going to feel that. Right. I mean, they especially are going to feel it. If I see people give so many disclaimers, when this is happening, they show up as saying to that client, basically like, well, maybe if, 
and it and if this and this and this, but sometimes it doesn't. And there's like so many <laughs> little disclaimers and caveats that that person leaves a discovery call like that. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So here's the thing, like you don't want to offer something you don't feel confident in delivering. You don't like that's true. Right. But what do you feel confident in offering right now where you are right now? What do you feel confident you can help somebody do if they of course it's a two sided if they do what you teach them to do and they're on board and they're going all in as well like you can't do it for them but if they do that make the changes like that you that you talk to them about if they do that like how will it improve their life what do you feel confident you can promise them yeah right and then that you focus on that and that is what you offer and that can change and evolve as you gain more expertise and knowledge and experience like you'll feel more confident offering maybe something farther than that but for now what is that for you well just offer that and believe in your ability to be able to do that just remember who you have helped even if that's just yourself so far like this changed my life or this changed my child's life like focus on that like i know that changing what you eat will help change your health. I know that, right? Like just focus on that. And then what I also tell them is, is to remember this thought, what I know now is enough to change someone's life. Yes. What I know right now, where I am right now is enough to change somebody else's life. Yeah. And we see this all the time in the TPN program when people are, are unsure, can I really help someone? Can I really help someone? And they do it and they take imperfect action and they are feeling unsure and they are feeling all of the doubt and all of it, but they do it anyway. They carry it and they do it and they get the client and the client gets results. And they, I mean, it's like 10 times out of 10, their evaluation of that is, oh my gosh, I was making it way harder. Like they, they (laughs) just needed to drink water. We just started with water and it changed their life. And we do, we do. We, I mean, we, I think because of the amount of knowledge that we have as practitioners and we know how much is possible, we forget how life-changing those small things are for our people and like really, really remembering, oh my gosh, it can be simple. This is going to change their life and we can build on it as we go and do all the cool things, but maybe they just need to drink water and and maybe they really (laughs) don't know that yet because we also think, well, everybody knows that. They definitely don't. <laughs> don't, right? Like, look at where I was. Like, th- those years ago before I started my health journey, I would go weeks without eating a vegetable. Or I thought canned corn was a vegetable. Like, I'll throw that in on the table for dinner. <laughs> Good enough. There's our vegetable, right? Like, I ha- I just did not know. So it's true. People don't know what you know. Remember that. People don't know what you know. They don't know. And you only need to be one step ahead of your client, right? You only need to be one step ahead to help them. So just remember in the value that you offer right now, where you are right now, you have something to give. You have something to give. Amazing. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Okay. Tell me that thought one more time that goes with this. What I know now is enough to change someone's life. Yes. How is that true? Ask your, write that down and ask yourself, how is that true? Your brain might not be on board with that right now when I just said it, Write it down and ask yourself, how is this true? Because when you ask your brain to look for something, it will, it will. Now, if you say, how is, you know, like, well, I don't believe that your brain's going to come up with all the reasons that's not true. But if you ask yourself, how is this true? Your brain will come up with answers and it is true. That is true. And once you can like grasp onto that and remember that, like take that with you in that's all the belief you need to get started. It's all you need. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It is all the belief that you need. And then you get started and you collect even more evidence of your people after they start drinking water. (laughs) Yes, right. And then your confidence will build from that. You'll have that evidence. But for right now, like hold on to the evidence that you do have. That's all you need. So good. So good. Okay. So number four is comparing. Okay. Using other success against you. So when you want to go into this business and to help other people and you start, of course, following other people and looking what other people are doing or right. And, and even in the program itself, like you're surrounded by other people, you know, it's, it's similar, but different. Everybody's doing it in a different way. We all have different niches. We all have different specialties, but looking at what other people are doing who are being successful and then using that against you right? Like comparing yourself, like, well, I'm not as far along as they are. Look what they did in their first year of business. And I didn't do that, right? There's something must be wrong with me, right? So only compare yourself to you, right? You are the only person to compare yourself to like, where were you three years ago? Where were you one year ago? Where were you six months ago? 
right? Where were you a month ago? Like compare what the growth and like what you're doing to move forward on your journey of creating your business and helping people like compare it to you. Cause that's the only journey that matters. Right. And instead of focusing on the people in front of you, I'm using air quotes, like on this path, like instead of focusing on the people that are in front of you and then feeling you're behind, like stop and turn around and look how far you've come up that path. Like, look how far you've climbed. Like you are in such a different place than you were. Like, look at me where I was 10 years ago, right? It's like, you're in such a different place now. And when you look at that and focus on that, then your brain will start opening up to what you are doing. It's like that, the gap in the game. Like when you focus on the gap, like what I, what I haven't done yet, what I'm not good at yet, where I'm not yet, then your brain will just create more of that. Whatever we focus on expands and just gets bigger. So your brain will just see more of that. But when you start focusing on the gain, like what have I done? What have I learned? How have I grown? How have I been brave? Like what changes have I made? How am I helping people? Like, as you focus on what you are doing and how, and your own growth, then your brain will start to focus on that. And that will expand when we focus on other people to, and make ourselves small, that just shrinks what we're meant to do. But when we focus on everything that we're doing and how we're growing, then we'll start to expand it. We'll just continue expanding it. So good. So just remember like this, and also don't compare your beginning to their middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you right? never know. You, you never know. know. You have no idea where they started and the things that they struggled with and all the things they've gone through to get to where they are. And just to remember, like, this is your journey. It's your journey and you're doing it the way you need to. Even if you feel like you've made a lot of mistakes or, or you've been doing these mistakes that we're talking about, that's okay because it's helping you learn what you need to learn. Like the, the, the thing that's in your way becomes the way. Once you realize like, oh, this thing is actually standing in my way and I'm aware that I'm creating this for myself, like now it becomes the way. Because once I learn how to overcome that, that, that next rock I just climbed over, that's what's going to take me to where I want to go right? And sometimes the only difference is that they have different actions, right? Like we think, oh, they're, they're, you know, they're farther ahead. But then if you looked at like what they're doing, like the things that they're actually implementing and doing that maybe you're not yet, and that's okay. But just being like, oh, like it's not time. Like, oh, I've been doing this for a year and she's been doing this for a year. So I should be where she is. Well, no, it's what you're, it's like what you're able to do in that time, what you're using that time for. Right. And then they also and caveat and the skills that you're bringing into it right now. I mean, somebody could have a background in sales. Obviously, right. their first year of business might look a little bit different. They're not learning that skill set for the first time. That's just one example. But you like you have no idea what someone's coming into business with already knowing. Yeah. And you also don't know like how much time they they legit have to spend compared yeah. to the time that you have. Like maybe they don't have any kids and you have five. Like I you know what I mean? It's like there's different circumstances. And so comparing yourself to somebody else without like you're, you're comparing apples to oranges. It's not the same thing. And it, we never, nothing ever good comes from comparing yourself ever using people as as an inspiration, but not as a way to minimize yourself ever. Right. And if it is feeling like if you are following somebody and you're feeling like you just, you find yourself constantly comparing yourself, then it's okay to not follow them to not look at what they're doing. It's okay. Like just focus, like put your blinders on and focus in your, on your lane. That's where you need to go on, on your growth and on your journey. And I think we know how this feels in our body and just to check in, in your body. Does it feel like, Oh, this is so inspirational. Yes. That's motivating. They did it. I can do it. And does it feel like that in your body or does it feel like, Oh, yuck. I'm not enough. I'm not going fast enough. I'm behind. Like, I'll never do that. You, We know. We could just check in with our body. How does this feel? Either you want more of it or it's time to just put the blinders on, like Jill said. Totally agree. Yes. Yes. And another thing I just want to mention is when you're taking action, you're like, but I am doing those things. Like, I am doing the things and it's not working, but it's working for them. And there's that frustration. Also, just knowing that there is a thing called belief-fueled action right? So you can take the same actions, like a a specific marketing action. But if while you're taking it, you're thinking this isn't going to work. Nobody wants this. People aren't buying right now. I'm not sure if I can really help them. All those things, like you're having those thoughts while you're taking the action, like that energy does come through. It just does. It comes through in, in what you say. It comes through in how you write. It comes through in your copy. It just comes through. Like if you go meet somebody in person, if those are the thoughts you're having, like they sense that it, it comes through. So it's learning how to, with the things we've talked about so far, how to just like 
create what, what can I believe right now? What can I believe and get on board with right now that feels better and takes me towards where I want to go? Like, let me hold on to that thought. And then, and then, and I can go from that thought. Right. Yeah. So change your thought to what you can believe right now about you. And again, look how far you've come and, and love yourself for that. Be proud of yourself for that. Mm -hmm. Right. That's one thing we do in the program is we celebrate together every week. We have Wednesday wins and we celebrate and we post wins and it can be super small. Like, Hey, I actually got myself to do that email that I have been putting off and putting off and putting up. I did it right to anything, but we celebrate the wins because the more you focus on what you're doing, what you're doing well, and like be, feel proud of yourself and celebrate that, the more you'll do. Yeah. Because it feels good. It feels good. It feels yes. good. We do more of what feels good. Like when something feels crappy, because we're constantly berating ourselves and telling ourselves it's not enough, we don't want to do it. So yeah, celebrating yourself and being proud of what you have done. Okay. Number five is procrastinating. So hiding, avoiding, waiting, asking for more and more coaching or more advice on the same problem without taking action or implementing the coaching. Yes. Right. right? It's like, I got it, but I got coaching. I got advice from my peers or from Andrea or from Jill. And I'm just, but I'm going to, instead of taking action and implementing that, I'm, I'm going to just keep asking for coaching on the same thing for two more months. And then maybe I'll feel ready after that. Right. So again, your brain's trying to protect you from actually taking action. And we're not saying like anything we tell you, you have to go do 100%. Like you, you get to choose, like you get to choose what feels good for you. But just knowing it's like, that is one way your brain just wants to keep you safe. And it'll keep you buffering with things that feel productive, like laundry and cleaning, because most of us work from our home, right? Searching for branding colors on Pinterest and logo ideas. Like that feels really productive. Like I'm building my business, but really it's keeping you from building your business, <laughs> from helping people, like telling people what you do. And like, I can actually help you with this problem. Right. And so we're, sometimes we're so afraid of failing that we, we do this, we buffer, we don't take action, we don't market. And so what we do is we just fail ahead of time, right? We're still failing. Like I'm afraid of failing. So I'm not going to do that thing, but you're just failing ahead of time. It's exactly you're still not doing the thing. And the worst thing that can happen is you're right where you are. Like you're, you, however many clients you have right now, if you just stop, you know, it's like the worst thing that can happen if you go out there and you don't get a client today or whatever, it's like, you're right where you are right now. So the worst thing that can happen is you are where you are. Right. So if that's the worst thing that can happen. Like, what have you got to lose? Right. Mm -hmm. So just be on to yourself when your brain thinks it's a really good idea to like clean some more or do this thing or whatever. Like I'm going to do all this before I go out and do whatever that thing that feels scary for you, your growth lies on the other side of that. Yeah. That is the thing, right? That's where you, you bring in that. I'm willing to fill that fear and I'm just going to do take action. I'm going to do it anyway, one step at a time. Okay. So then, oh, one thing I wanted to tell people too is when, if they feel overwhelmed, like there's so many things I could do, I don't know where to start is to decide, okay, how many hours a week do I legit have to spend on my business, to spend growing my business? I'm going to focus on growing my business, right? So if you have clients right now, subtract those out of the hours because you're helping them right now, right? But how many hours do I have to spend? And then those hours that you have to spend, make a schedule, make a plan. So decide like, okay, even if right now, like what can I truly commit to? Let's say it's an hour a day. I can commit to one hour a day. Okay, where am I going to put that in my schedule? It's not just, oh, yes, today I'm going to mark it sometime. That, that doesn't happen, right? Your brain will come up with everything else you need to do first so that you can focus. That's what your brain will tell you. And then you'll just end up, it'll be like three o'clock in time to pick your kids up and you haven't done it. So is what you're going to do is you're going to plan it in just like you would an appointment with a client, just like you would. Like you schedule that time in. This is an appointment with your future client because the whole reason we market is to bring in future clients to help people, right? To let them know we're here and we can help them and how we help them. So this is you spending time with your future clients. So honor that appointment, just like you would, you would never not show up for an appointment with a client. Like, you know, they're going to be there at 10 o'clock. You are there at 10 o'clock, 100%, right? So show up for your future clients in the same way. That's what you're doing right? And then also be intentional with how you're going to spend that time. So instead of just saying, okay, this is my marketing time. Okay. Well, what is your marketing plan? Like, what are you going to do? Like, what do you, do you want to do an email? Like, what is your plan? And just come up with like 
a minimum baseline of what you will do that week. Okay. So I want to send, maybe I want to send one email and I'm going to start with three connections with people, like letting them know what I do, like however that looks for you, whether it is on social or whether it's on LinkedIn or whether it's in person or however you want to do that. Like I'm going to do that three times this week. Right. And so then you, you schedule in, okay, well then I'm on Monday, I'm going to do this. This is my email day. Tuesday, I'm going to make this like this many connections on LinkedIn. Wednesday, I'm going to have connection call with somebody or a referral partner, uh, or I'm going to go meet somebody like I'm going to make this call on Thursday to the, to these three offices and let them know what I do or go in and visit and take them my card. Like, Plan what you're going to do in that time so that you actually have a plan. Because if you don't have a plan, then it's just so easy for your brain to feel overwhelmed and not know what to pick during that limited time that you have. So that's just another little strategy that can help you like overcome your brain wanting to just give you all the other ideas to do instead is to actually just make a plan. What am I going to do? What is my minimum that I truly feel like I can commit to? And I'm going to schedule it in just like I would a client. I'm going to treat it like I would my time with a client. Yep. And you're going to sit there at your desk and your two options are do the thing or just stare at the wall. I love it. Isn't another option to go do something something else. (laughs) Just get to stare at the wall or do what you said you were going to do. do Yeah. 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 I love that. And it actually builds momentum. It can actually get fun. Like, yes, at first, like it, it feels, if it's something new and you've never done it and it can feel confusing or overwhelming, but the more you do it, like anything, think of anything you wanted to learn in your life that you didn't know how to do that was hard. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes and the quicker you get. And it's not that the thing changed, it's that you changed. Your ability to do it has become better and you become more comfortable and your thoughts are changing about it, right? Instead of having all these thoughts that make you feel scared, you're having thoughts like, okay, this isn't so bad and I can do this. And I can, and people, this is helping people. Like it will just get easier and easier and you'll build that momentum. And then you'll start like wanting to spend more time on it, but just don't like setting a plan of what I'm going to do and just making it really simple and doable. So your brain can get on board and then just know I can build on it later. I don't need to start with all the things I see everybody doing right now. I can just pick one. I'm going to focus on that one thing this week. What will that look like? So good. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. All right. So last one, number six, and this is more for the people that are in your program. Okay. okay. Ooh, that little TPM bonus. Yeah, I love TPM bonus to all of you listening. And they do, they listen, they love your podcast, but not utilizing the community. Ooh. So Think having thoughts like I don't belong, I don't feel comfortable, I don't have time, I don't want to be vulnerable, I don't want to admit that I'm struggling, I'm the only one that will be really embarrassing. Like if I, you know, put myself out there and like introduce myself and hey, I'm really struggling with this thing right now, mm-hmm. right? But those thoughts that keep that keep you out of it. And I just I it, it's okay. Like I get that the community isn't everybody's thing. Like some people thrive in like that. And some people, they think they don't want it, but here's what I just want to offer. Right. They're like, I don't need that. I don't need that. Right. But here's what I want to offer. And this is something that you suggest is just setting a timer for like 10 minutes, a certain, like three times a week or something, and just go in and just see what you can take from, from what people have, have shared, but what can I give? Like I have something to give. I do. No matter where I'm at, I have something to offer. I have life experience. I have things I'm going through. Even when I'm willing to be vulnerable and share a problem I'm having, I promise you like 20 other people feel the same way and are going to comment and like be like me too, right? You're going to find that support and connection. And so it doesn't have to be a lot of time that you spend, but the time you spend can be purposeful. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say like, it is one of the most supportive communities I've ever seen. If there were, I agree. Yeah. If there were negative judgmental things in there, I would see it because I'm in there every day, right? That's my job, right? But they are so kind and supporting and giving and sharing with each other. It is just a community of people who want to share ideas. They will answer questions about how they did something, right? If they did something, you're like, oh, how did you do that? Like that worked for you. Like, what did you do to get on that podcast? Like, tell me, you know, they're happy to to share what they did. They share resources with each other. They offer encouragement and ideas when um, they're struggling with marketing or with a client or anything business related. They're always coaching each other right? Always coaching and helping each other through things. And there's so much support. I also see a lot of referrals, client referrals. Like I don't work with this type of client who does. Yeah. 
It is so supportive. And yes. And oh, I want to, I want to hire someone to help me with this thing in my website and people will send you who they've used that they liked. Right. There's just so, so many, um, there's just so much support of all kinds. Like, and on top of that, like in the community, there's the, there, there's the weekly coaching calls where you can come and get that support from Andrea, from me, from whatever guest coach that you've got. But here's the cool thing is we have the chat going. And while somebody's being coached every time there's people saying like me too, like, Oh, me too. Thank you so much for asking this. And they learn from the person getting coached. Like you're getting coached while somebody else is getting coached 100%. And also people offer ideas like, Oh, I had this problem and they'll offer their ideas. Yeah. And, and afterwards that chat is available. They can read through it. And there's just so much support in the people that come just to like spend that hour together every week to, to get coached, but then to also support each other in being coached. Right. And there's the brainstorm breakouts with the peers that, that happen like every week on different topics where they can come together and like brainstorm ideas and things in their business. There's just so many ways to get help and support. And then to have, to have a group of friends of peers with the same goals as you. Yeah. Right? It's like people learning how to build a business and, and building a business and helping people live healthier lives. Like you all share that in common. And there, instead of competition, it's, it's community. It's like love and support over, it's, it's, there's not competition there at all. It's just love and support. Like, oh, instead of me just trying to be alone by myself and do this, like I have this whole community of people that are doing it too. And we're actually doing it together. So that's, that's what I, okay. I have to echo all of that and say, because I just can't help myself that it is so, it is so helpful to have a group of people that you can talk about your business stuff with instead of always expecting your husband or your best friend or your mom to get it because they don't get it. And they probably don't want to be an online marketing expert and they probably don't want to talk about lab testing and all of those things. And they don't have answers anyway. They don't like, have usually. answers anyway. And they probably don't know how to write good sales copy and they probably can't proof your stuff the way that you want them to. So let's take the pressure off of those relationships and develop some really, really beautiful relationships with people that do get it. And they do want to talk about that stuff all the time. 100%. So good. I always think like, okay. So when I first got into coaching, I was so excited about it. Right. And I wanted to just talk about it and share it with my friends and with my family and my husband. None of them wanted to hear about it. No, my kids made my kids made fun of it. Like I, I, I. Well, you've got to listen to this podcast. It is so good; it will change your life, you know. <laughs> and they're just like they wouldn't. They they just made fun of it, you know. And so it's like, I, and I felt so hurt. I actually cried about it over time because I feel like I have this thing and I have nobody to share it with, right? And then I learned I could actually like. There's a whole world of people out there who feel the same way I do. I can find them. Like I can share it with them. I don't need like these people that aren't interested to fill my cup. It's like, I can go fill my own cup and I will find people who love talking about it as much as I do. So the same way, like you have this desire to like build your business, helping people change their health and change their lives. Like that is such a deep desire in you. And there are so many people out there that have that same desire. So put yourself in a place where you're surrounded by them, where you have them. Like you, you will never run out of people to talk to about this. Never throw <laughs> your cup in this community, and then you don't have to like like expect or depend on other people in your life to be able to do that for you. You you get to do it yourself. You have that power. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's such a good reminder. Okay, so I love that we're ending this on that note of find your people. Your people exist, whether that's in our program or not. But yeah, your people exist. Find your people. Find them. Yeah. And of course, we would love to have you in the TPN program if you aren't already, and that's where you get coached by Jill on a constant basis. And Andrea. And, yeah, you get, you get <laughs> yeah, well. and future coaches coming in. But I know people are going to want to know how they find you outside the program too. So where do people find you on the internet? Yes. Okay. So my website is jilldunsmore.com and it's J-I-L-L-E. So I have an E on the end of my name. So Jill Dunsmore is D-U-N-S- M-O-R-E. And my Instagram, I am on Instagram. I know not like Andrea teaches you, you don't have to do that, but I am. And so if you are by chance, then I am just at Jill Dunsmore. So come and find me. Okay. So we will have that linked up in the show notes for this episode, obviously. People can come and find you. 
I'm like, I just feel like this is a conversation we'll keep having because these are so good. I think it was so fun that I got to hear these six things in real time. Yes, you had no idea what I was going to say, right? Yeah, no idea, but I agree with <laughs> You them. agree with all of them, right? For sure, yeah. for sure. I just want to say, Jill, I appreciate you so much. I love that we are friends, but also colleagues. And I love that you support my people the way that you do. And they are in such good hands with your coaching, which obviously everybody listening to this episode will know to be true because all of your insights are spot on as always. So thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I love being a part of it and a part of your people. So thank you for having me. My friend, does growing your business over the summertime, the busiest three months of the year seem possible to you? How about if I tell you, you can do it in five to 10 hours each week? Uh, Yeah, I thought that would get your attention. Great. Behind the scenes here at the Profitable Nutritionist headquarters, we have been planning something really big for you. In fact, this is something we've never done before. A live challenge all about efficiency, time management, and delegating. The challenge officially starts on Monday, May 13th, and my friend, you are invited. During our five days together, plus some extras that I'm keeping as a surprise for now, you are actually going to be getting access to completely updated, brand new paid content from inside the Profitable Nutritionist program. And in this content, I teach you exactly how to structure your work for the next 90 days, including exactly what to focus on and how to lay out your calendar and your to-do list so it all gets done. We actually do an entire day's training on how to retrain your brain to procrastination-proof your top priority tasks. Those are the ones that make you the most money in the shortest amount of time, by the way. (laughs) Yes, you will walk away from this totally free challenge with a rock-solid plan for June, July, and August, all plugged in to a color-coded calendar system that is the stuff dreams are made of. The challenge is called Summertime 2.0. Again, it's brand new material to get you out of overwhelm so you can cruise into the busiest time of year feeling organized and focused while your business bank account balance just climbs up and up and up, hopefully while you are poolside or beachside. (laughs) I've taught free trainings before, but what I've never done is combine it with live Q&A, implementation sessions, coaching calls, and done-for-you resources. My friend, this is a totally different experience than anything we've ever done before. That is what you are getting in Summertime 2.0. I'm holding nothing back. Remember, this is actual paid content from inside my program, which you get a sneak peek into for five days straight. The dates are May 13th to the 19th. You are going to learn everything you need to know about time management, prioritizing, creating time boundaries, how to say no to people and opportunities that are costing you money in your business, and how to actually stick to your calendar and finish your to-do list each week including live Q&A with me where you can ask all of your questions. So do I have you sold? I sure hope so. <laughs> to register for the challenge, go to theprofitablenutritionist.com slash time, T-I-M-E. Remember, we officially start on May 13th. It goes through May 17th, but there are a few pre-party happenings going on. So make sure you register right now and don't miss out. The challenge is brand new material delivered in a completely new way that is going to have you loving the boring topic of time management. I promise. (laughs) And the best part is it's totally free. Register right now at theprofitablenutritionist.com slash time.